Kerry Met, Virtual Traveller. Hello and welcome to Stories from Law, a monthly podcast that explores folklore and the stories it inspires. My name is Dawn Nelson and I'm an author and professional storyteller. In this bonus episode of the podcast, we'll be celebrating Earth Day. Those of you who have met me before will know that my real passion in storytelling is reconnecting people with the world outside, the nature and the landscape that they live on. This often comes through in my stories, which are heavily influenced by nature and the folklore and plant law that I'm interested in. So I thought we ought to have a bonus episode to celebrate Earth Day. So what is Earth Day? Well, Earth Day happens every year on April the 22nd. And on their website, you'll find it states that it marks the anniversary of the birth of the modern environmental movement in 1970. So what's it for? Well, it's to provide a platform and a way of celebrating all those people that are working towards bringing us a better environment, preserving our planet and, of course, our future. So I thought, what better way to celebrate them with a story? And one of my absolute favourite stories to tell is The Three Green Women of the Hill. It's about greed, it's about looking after the land and it's about respecting what you have. So I think this one really sums up Earth Day. I've told it many times over the last year and it has a little song in it which I'm told that now some people even sing to ash trees when they see the ash tree. So I do hope you'll enjoy this story and perhaps you'll even start singing this song to ash trees yourself. This recording is of me telling this story live. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee and enjoy The Three Green Women of the Hill. If you follow the river, follow it down through the woodland and there you will get to a valley which is between some high mountains and if you just keep going on through those, eventually you will reach golden crenellations in a field and just beyond it, a large farmhouse. This is a prosperous farm. In that farmhouse, there lives a man with his three sons, and he's the farmer on that farm, and his sons help him to work the land. A little further off, you might see a stone cottage, and that's next to where the dairy herd are, and there's pigs as well, and sugar beet in the fields. And the little stone cottage they let people stay in if they are weary after travelling. Further out, there's a sort of shack, more of a shed really. But it's a hunting lodge. I mean, that's a bit of a grand word for it because it's got holes in the roof and it's a bit run down. But if the farmer has been out late hunting, catching a pheasant maybe or a deer for the pot, then he stays in that little hut if he's been out late and he doesn't think he's going to make it back to the farm. So it does serve some purpose. Now, unfortunately, there are two things in life which are sure. Death and taxes. And well, this farmer, he's old. He's lived a long and happy life on this farm and this farm is very, very prosperous. And. Well. He is in his bed and he is ill. 
And as he's lying there, he's telling his sons what he's going to give them, what they will inherit. So the oldest son, well, the oldest son, he says, I'll give you three bags of gold. And you can have the main farmhouse and you can have the golden fields of corn and the dairy herd. Thank you, father, says the older son. And he turns to the middle son now and he says, you can have two bags of gold. And I'll give you the stone house where the travellers stay and you can have the pigs and the sugar beet fields. Thank you, father, says the middle brother. And then promptly turns around to his older brother and starts arguing about whether his brother should have got all of those cornfields, the dairy herd and the house because his house is smaller than his brother's house. And while they're arguing, the father, he turns to the younger brother and he says, I don't have much for you. I'm sorry. I just have one bag of gold left and the hunting shack further out, which I shall leave to you. That, that's fine, father. That's all I need. But there is just one more thing that you need to do for me, said the father. One more thing which you must do, for there is a part of this farm that I have not yet told you about. And it is a hill far away over there. And on it are three ash trees. They have stood there for many, many decades. Their roots have knotted together and they have held each other up through the storms. But those three trees are the reason this farm is so prosperous. What you must do, son, is you must go up every spring. You must go up there and you must place primroses at the bottom of the trees and you must sing to the women that are within those trees. For there are spirits within those trees that look after this farm and you must sing. And this is what you must sing. Three green women of the three ash trees dance with me, dance with me. Three green women of the three ash trees bless this farm and all within. I will, father, said the younger son. I will absolutely make sure I do that. And with that, the father breathed his last breath. It was a sad day when the sons buried their father and they soon set to work looking after the farm or, you know, I'll let you decide whether that's what they did. The older brother, what he actually set to doing was spending those three bags of gold on fine living and going in carriages to and from London and making uh, that house putting lots of furniture into the house and making it more of a mansion than anything and then spending his money on on labor to to um, have people come and sort out the farm for him so that he didn't have to do it himself and that middle brother remember that middle brother he was fed up that the older brother had a bigger house so well what he did was he spent his money making his stone house much much bigger and he started selling the pigs and then he didn't really need the sugar beet, so he let the, the fields go to rack and ruin. The younger brother, who had very little, took his bag of gold down to the market and he bought himself some hens and a cockerel. And he went back to his shack where there was stony ground outside and really not much at all. And he built a little chicken house out of some more of the slats from the roof. 
and he built this little chicken house and he made sure the chickens were all safe and warm in there and he sang to those chickens and they started to produce eggs for him and he was able to sell those eggs and he was able to then go and buy seed and he was able to dig the soil and start growing some vegetables for himself and it was a humble life but he did well and eventually he was able to put uh, some more planks on the roof and stop the rain coming through the roof for him well his older brothers they were looking at what he was up to and they were seeing they were seeing his life getting better and better and they were seeing their gold go getting smaller and smaller and the and the fields getting drier and the pigs looking thinner they thought what what's he doing that we're not and the middle brother said to the older brother, you're going to have to watch him. You're going to have to go and see. Go and see what it is that he's doing. Mm. OK, I will. And so it is that he starts to watch the younger brother. Day follows week, follows month. And soon all the older brother's really watching is just hard work. He's getting a bit bored. But finally, spring comes once more. And he sees his younger brother pick a posy of primroses and start to walk across the fields, his fields. He starts to walk across the fields up to that hill where the three trees are. And he places primroses at the bottom of each of the trees and he sings to the trees. Three green women of the three ash trees, dance with me, dance with me. Three green women of the three ash trees, bless this farm and all within. And out of the trees come these beautiful elfin-like women, gamine and ethereal. They dance and they are happy and their laughter is like the tinkling of little tiny bluebells. It's a beautiful sight. But that's not what the older brother thinks. Oh, no. He looks and he goes, magic, magic. And I will not have magic on my land, he says. And so he goes back to the manor house. He marches back to the manor house and he picks up a hatchet when he's there. And he comes all the way back up to those three trees. The three women see him coming and they see that there is not love in his face. And they rush back into the trees. But it is too late. He starts to swing the axe at one of the trees and the tree starts to shriek right down to its roots. It's an unearthly sound that fills the air. But he is still swinging that axe and he is going to hew that tree to the heartwood. And he is so angry and lost in his hubris. He cannot see. He cannot hear his brother telling him to stop. And he cannot see when the tree starts to fall and falls down right on him. Well, now the younger brother has lost a father and an older brother. It's again a sad day when they have to attend the funeral of their brother. And the middle brother, he moves into the manor house and he's not letting the younger brother move into the stone cottage. Oh, no, 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 that's his. That's his house. And he's not letting him move into that. He can stay in his hovel all the way over the other side of the farm. And so he starts to spend the older brother's wealth as well. Whereas the younger brother, he just keeps going. He keeps selling those eggs and eventually he has enough money for a pig. And then he can start breeding the pigs and he starts selling the pigs and he has more than enough food in his little veg pot, plot that he has. And he has a very, very good life. 
And the middle brother starts to look and sees his life dwindling and he sees the farm going to rack and ruin and he sees this brother who's turned himself into a pig farmer and he's got chickens, flocks of chickens, what's going on? So he starts to watch him. And again, week follows day, month follows week and he's getting a bit bored because yes, you've guessed it, all he can see is hard work until it is the spring. And then he sees his brother start to walk across the fields and all the way up to those two trees now. He's walking across that brother's fields, his fields. And he starts to follow him and he sees what he's doing and he sees the primroses in his hands and he sees them put the primroses at the bottom of the two trees and he hears the brother sing. Two green women of the two ash trees, dance with me, dance with me. Two green women of the two ash trees, bless this farm and all within. Well, when the middle brother sees those beautiful women coming out of the trees and dancing with the younger brother, he too thinks, magic, and I will not have magic on my farm. And so he too goes down to the manor house and he picks up that same axe and now he knows why his brother was cutting down that tree and he comes back out and he goes to start cutting down that second tree and there is that screaming that fills the air again right down to the roots of the tree and he does not hear his brother as he tells him to stop and he keeps going and he's not going to make the same mistake as his older brother he's going to make sure this tree doesn't fall on him and then he can start on the next tree and as he is cutting and swinging that axe towards the heartwood of that tree, a storm brews and wind whips up and there's lightning in the air. And so when the middle brother finally does fell that tree and steps to one side, it's no use. The wind whips the tree round and brings it right down on the brother. He has no need for a coffin. He's buried himself under that tree. Well, this leaves the younger brother with no brothers and without a father. It's a very sad day for him and it's a tragic tale. And he does move into the manor house and he starts to nurture that farm back to life. Soon the fields are full of gold and corn once more. The pigs that the middle brother left behind are fat and healthy again. The dairy herd is back and the villagers can come work on the farm again in exchange for food if they want. It's a good life and a prosperous farm. And soon he is able to marry and he has children and he tells his children this story. And he tells them about that one green woman in that tree. And he tells them that they must pay respect to that tree spirit, for she is the last of her kind up there. And so next time you're out and you see a hill with just one tree on the top of it, that might just be one tree hill and the place where this tree spirit lives. Thank you. I do hope you enjoyed that story. It's a story that's very close to my heart and I can't walk through the woods where there is ash without thinking of that story. 
And yes, perhaps I do sing that song to the ash trees. There's a huge threat facing the ash tree in this country right now as ash dieback has reached us. It's predicted to kill up to 95% of our ash trees. It's an absolute travesty. And in the main, one that is very hard to do anything about. But the Woodland Trust has put together some things that you can try and do to slow the spread of the fungal spores that create the ash dieback. They're quite simple, although they may require a little bit of your time. But I think perhaps the ash deserves that. So if you've been walking in woodland where there are ash trees, you need to wash your shoes so that when you go back into other woodland, you don't pass those spores onto other trees. You do the same with your bike wheel or pushchair wheels if you've been pushing a pushchair through the woods. Also, avoid taking cuttings of the ash tree or any keys or seeds from the ash trees, because again, this is putting the spores onto your hands and then potentially if you're touching another ash tree, that's moving it on. So there's all sorts of ways that we can really help this ash tree because the ash tree doesn't have the benefit of lockdown. And I know that this has not been seen as a benefit for many of us, but we can protect ourselves from these things. The ash tree can't. So it needs our help. So next time you're walking in woodland, now you know what to do to watch out for the ash. Oh, and don't forget to take your primroses. Thank you to patrons for their continued support of my storytelling and the podcast. My patron is called Rewild Yourself Through Story and is focused on using story to reconnect with the land we live on and the nature within it. You can become a patron to benefit from a range of rewards, digital zines, ways to connect with nature through story, audio stories, extended versions of this podcast, and even online workshops, and they are all available as rewards. There are, of course, other ways that you can support the podcast, and you can do this by sharing the podcast with your friends, leaving me a review, and all these things help these stories to travel to new audiences and find new souls to warm. If you wish to hear more stories woven with folklore and the old ways, you can find me on Instagram as dd underscore storyteller, on Facebook as dd storyteller, and via my Facebook group, Stories from Law. I hope to see you there, as I'd love to tell you another story. Until then, toodle pip. <laughs>